0: Yeah, I spe- think it does They were speaking English- in distracted. Japanese,
1: but you didn't do the extra work to make them, like, speak the animation speak in Japanese. Do
2: you know how much work that must I be? I get it. Take your models and then do two. Like, I, I mean, like, yes, you're right. Like, I it, get it, it,
1: but it was distracting. I'm thinking
2: it's kind of important with these kind of games, but, like, at the same time, two language lips. Like, yeah. holy shit, that's like a whole game twice. That's a
1: so whole, they would have game, whole game twice, right? And I, uh, I get it, but, like, it, you know, if you're going to come to the market with your balls out, you got to fucking know that I'm going to kick them.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an incredible, incredible analogy.
1: Welcome to episode 261 of the Emergent Gamer Podcast. My name is Felix Hergood, and then we also have Neo. Hey, what's up? It's Neo Ayoshi. There's Neo Ayoshi, and then we also have uh, my good friend and longtime compatriot. Trip Zero. Trip Zero. What's <laughs> up, guys? How you guys yeah, doing? Neo, you're also my good friend. But <laughs> good. It's good to hear. I'm glad I, I made that rank. I don't know why I like <laughs> rolled into this weird title <laughs> for Trip Zero, but I, I don't know. Well,
3: I was the one. I don't know what I was doing on the first episode. I was just there while
1: you and Locke were talking. Yeah, so Right. <laughs> In the background, but, drinking a bourbon. But it's good to be back. Sorry, I had to take last week the fuck off. Nah, dude. Jesus, man. It was fucking...
3: Like we were talking about before the show, you have missed one episode. We thought it was two, and it turns out it's one. You missed one episode in 261 episodes.
2: So You deserve a break. For sure. Kind of okay. So kind of it, okay.
1: It was I guess 4.30 that last mm-hmm. Wednesday when I started texting you guys, and I was like... Because I was like falling asleep standing up at work. <laughs> like... And I it's was like, thing. I can't go home and do the show. I cannot like, cause it, it's, it's two jobs, right? Like I worked all day today. I worked a nine to six today and then I get off and come here and then, you know, we do the show and then I edit the show. So it's like a hundred
3: percent. it's kind of yeah. like, it's, it's, it's a second job. It's like a yes. total,
1: totally going to another job. So yeah, I uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Like
3: the fact that there's not monetary compensation <laughs> yet does not make it any less of a job. Like it's more work. Mm-hmm. If anything, to kind of get that shit out there, so it's a real thing, man. I'm glad you uh, took some time to yourself to
1: rest up. Oh yeah, I went to bed super early that night. I think I went to bed at like nine, just past ten. Like, started getting ready. That is for very early, like nine forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a hell of a night. Well, you're feeling you feeling better? All yeah, good. You did guys you did enjoy? a great job last week, though. It was Thank good, you. Good work. Thank Thanks.
2: You, Demos was a good guest
1: as well. Yeah, Demos is cool. He had a lot of knowledge about Ghost of Tsushima. Are you guys going oh, yeah. a spoiler? Oh, yes. Is your spoiler coming up?
2: Got to finish it first. I am still like I mean I don't know if we're jumping in anything, but I am still like halfway through the game. Well, why don't you start? Tell us and, about that. Oh, uh, I'm still playing it. I'm halfway through Act Two. Um, I want to say I'm I've I've sl- I haven't streamed since like last Thursday uh, as of this recording. I uh, have not been. I was I was away this past weekend, and I do have another game I want to talk about briefly. Yeah, but Ghost of Tsushima. Just I don't know if you started it yet, Felix, but I'm thoroughly enjoying that game. That game is very much like the evolution that Assassin's Creed, I think, needs. Well, you, and I think it does a really good job of, of what it does. You were always in the lobby of the person who wanted to play an Assassin's
1: Creed in Japan.
2: I mean, yeah, but I, I, I just like the feudal Japan time period and aesthetics. So yeah. Ghost of Tsushima is like, that was like the aesthetic that I want out of like that, that open world game yeah um and the game is cool because it gives you that choice of being just you can brute force your way through it and just be a straight up honorable samurai or you can just stealth kill like it the game gives when you raid camps it gives you the option to be like the samurai you can challenge your foes head-on and you can start a duel with 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 uh enemies or you, you can just like sneak your way through the grass and climb on rooftops throw kunai and bow and arrow and stab your way through stealthily like like the game gives you all that freedom and it's it's pretty cool that it does that. I um, just, there's still a lot I have not seen in the game, too, yeah. I just finished the prologue.
1: And nice. The, the it's open, good prologue, right? The, the, good opening. The open world map opened, and that was it. That's as
2: far as I've gotten. Nice. And you're, you are only seeing one third of it, too, by the way. It is, it is, like, it's separated in three parts so far, and I'm halfway through the second part.
1: Yeah, I heard you guys talking in the show last week, and it made me think of um, how the way the game Opens up as an open world game. It's similar to like how GTA Three opens up. Like there's so yeah,
2: where it like opens by districts, right? Yeah, like it kind of like three like islands, and then
1: you open the one. I- there's some limitation within the game that limits you from going to the next island, and then you play story, and it unlocks the next island, and then mm-hmm. you go from there.
2: A hundred percent. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, the game, the game story. I think I think you'll really enjoy it, Felix, as you like dive into it. It's a very, it's very much an homage to like classic samurai movies and like tales and of that sort. Like it's, it's about you liberating Japan from the Mongols and, and regaining your honor and, and questioning your honor and the methods that you go about doing that. Um, It's, it's really cool. Like that, that, that keeps me engaged with it for sure. I started with the Kurosawa mode,
1: you know, Uh, Mm -hmm. like Akira Kurosawa, the film director.
2: It's like the black and white film grain filter. So I turned that
1: on and that was great for the prologue. And I loved it during the prologue. And then when I, the minute I got out of it, I started my first, you know, interaction trying to kill like enemy, uh, mongols. And I I realized that I can't continue playing in it because Mm -hmm. I literally don't, I don't know enemy where enemies are like, because they're bl- they're black and white blending in with the terrain.
2: It's yeah, it's funny. You do lose a lot of depth perception when you just have that filter on kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also I I would say you lo- you're doing yourself a disservice by not using the full range of like colors yeah, that you're they are seeing throw the
1: colors. The but my biggest problem is is looking for visual game cues, you know, sure, like, yeah, tell 100%. me where people are and things like that. They're they're lost on me. I can see playing through it in that game mode when i know how to play the game but currently right now i don't really know how to play the game i don't know what the enemy types look like i don't you know i don't i need color it sucks i like totally need color in order to play this game
2: honestly i don't think i mean like it's great that they added that mode right like that kurosawa homage but at the same time they did such a great job with the visual style of the game like they put like purples or and oranges and reds against green grass and white flowers. And like, they do it in this vast, like it's, it's the game is gorgeous for the way it uses its colors. And it always makes you, it always reminds you of it every time you move through like a new area. And it's, it's amazing how they, how they pull it off. The, the other thing I didn't like about the, um,
1: the voice work when you went to Kurosawa mm. mode is the animation was in English motherfuckers.
2: <laughs> yeah i spe- think
1: it does they, they were speaking English in japanese darker. but you didn't do the extra work to make them like
2: speak the animation speak in japanese do you know how much work that must I be get to it. take your models and then do two like i, I mean like yes you're right like i it, get it, he, it but
1: it was distracting
2: it's kind of important with these kind of games but like at the same time two language lips like yeah. holy shit that's like a whole game twice that's a whole, so game, they have to
1: whole game twice right and i uh, i get it but like it, you know, if you're going to come to the market with your balls out, you got to fucking know that I'm going to kick them.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: That's an incredible, incredible analogy.
1: Um, but yeah, yeah. It was it love was, that. I just, it was super distracting, man. Like I just mm. was playing it and I was, I was like, you know, like I don't like the fact
2: that I'm, I can, I'm like, pretending read. it's it's like a classic dub over. You know, like yeah. The but nor-
1: normally, normally that is a uh, is people who originally spoke Japanese and they dubbed it with weird English. <laughs> That's yes. you know what I mean. And like Kung Fu uh, uh, Saturday, I used to watch Kung Fu Saturday, <laughs> and you would see like it was originally all Japanese cin- cinema, and they they mm-hmm. now put underdubbed American voice actors. <laughs> yeah. This is just I, the reverse of that. This is the reverse of that. It was weird for me. <laughs> now I know how, um, fucking, you know, people who watch that stuff uh, early yeah. on felt, you know,
3: I haven't played the game yet, but watching streams of the game, I don't think I could play in, in Kurosawa mode. Like, mm-hmm. I think I could watch a cutscene or two in it, but like the, like they changed the sound too. not just like the, the visuals of the sound. Like the sound is through like, like a an, a very specific kind of filter to make it you know sound like how you that would time period recording yeah. sound back then, and the frame rate matches the movies. Uh, and obviously, like a movie frame rate is incredibly cinematic. Not the best when you're trying to play a video game and be you know action oriented.
1: That's, that's what I'm saying. I loved it during the prologue, right? And I thought I was mm-hmm. going to love it the whole time. And then the minute I got out of the prologue and started going into game mode, I was like. Fuck dude, you know it would be really cool if I could just turn this off and then turn it back on. And you can. You can mm-hmm. in the settings. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking that maybe I just go into the settings right before a cutscene. It, fre- it, it depends on how frequent depends on how frequent they are, you know. Like if cutscenes are very frequent, then
2: I, I there are not. specific events in the world that I think it would really benefit from it. Like there's the uh there's like the specific dual events that you you get these one on one like close encounter fights with other samurai. You mean the standoff? or well not standoffs are specifically against like like groups of enemies like um you like you hold triangle and then you ready your sword and then they you wait for them to make a move and then you like draw and you you, you kill them right yeah these are specific duels which like you stand like a, like a cutscene plays like a very cinematic cutscene of you facing off with this other enemy this other samurai one-on-one very it, like it, it has like the title cards. Also, shout out to the title cards. They are every time you start a mission, it has like really like really awesome names for these like chapters. And then it has like the Japanese writing across the top. But yeah, they 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 put that on screen and then you're facing off against an enemy and you like you click your sword out ever so slightly and getting ready to, to do the duel. Kurosama would be perfect for that because it's all it's all very dramatic and very classic samurai uh action. Yeah, so far what I see with the game, there's a lot of good there really is a lot of
1: good in that game but
2: yeah uh, one thing um, that that we talked about last time was like the lack of like a lock-on mode like you, you can't lock on enemies and i still think right now that the game benefits if you think about it as like a batman game like you can counter from any direction and you can take on enemies from any direction it doesn't matter like how you fight like because so your combat pro- just goes very nicely
1: of, you're a proponent of not having a lock-on
2: for this specific game, yeah, for sure. I don't. There, think, there I think they made, who they
1: made an active decision to not include that. People were denigrating it because it didn't have a lock on.
2: Yeah, right. And like, there are some moments where I am like, oh, I meant to hit this guy and I didn't because my character didn't really engage. It, my character like was facing like a weird angle and didn't hit him. But for well, the most part, it worked very well. Well, I am going to tell you though. Back when I used to play Final
1: Fight, showing my age <laughs> in the arcade, you can lock on a dude and then actually punch people behind you
0: <laughs> oh it's, it's the
1: backhand maybe punch. magic yeah, yeah. the backhanded
2: punch you know
0: <laughs> right right
2: i guess there are ways that they could have done they that could have done it yeah, yeah. but
1: i don't overall remember. i don't remember i'm very satisfied with the combat yeah i don't remember the batman games if they
2: they didn't have he didn't have any way to lock on i don't remember nope it was all it was the free flow combat system you would hit like triangle. Yeah, you would hit triangle to counter any enemy from any direction, and you would continue your combos all oh, the way back. Oh, yeah, yeah, combo. I remember, I remember. And, um, this, and the, you can use your gadgets in, right? And you can do something very similar with this game, this too. This game has even, a combo bu- button? Or not a combo, a counter no. button?
1: A counter button. It does not. It doesn't uh, have a counter button.
2: No, it. Oh, okay. Sorry, I think, like, a, it does have a counter a counter button. Yes, yeah. a parry slash counter. Yeah, it, pa- it parry does.
1: slash counter. And that is the left... Uh, left um, L one, L one, yeah. Okay,
2: cool. And it's also a block, and yeah, you can do all that stuff uh, as well. Um, But you can also do like what Batman does is he can like you can like you know punch and then throw your batarangs, right? You do something similar in this game too. You'll be able to mix your like smoke bombs and your kunai and your all your you get you get a bunch of tools that you can use. I I did want to ask you. I typed it in the
1: chat, but I don't know if you guys responded to me because I was in and out of the chat. Uh, mm-hmm. At one point I typed in the chat, uh, I started it on hard. Do you guys recommend yeah. that I continue playing it on hard? Is it manageable on hard?
2: So I started it on normal and it, or, no, okay, here's what I did. I was on hard first, and I was like, okay, this is really too fucking hard. Then it got too easy on normal for me. So, and I started unlocking more skills, more moves, more abilities um, as I continued. I was like, okay, I'm just going to crank it up to hard, and now End of act one into act two and on, I've been playing on hard. Um and yes, it is a lot harder. And they actually this week they patched in uh another extra hard mode and a uh, and uh the ability to um like remember how we talked about sliders, the sliders yeah, like for, Last of Us for difficulty of Yeah, exactly. So they added something very similar with the latest patch where you can adjust specific aspects of the game. Cool. Um but I'm just full on hard right now. Um, I haven't actually played since the patch. <laughs> <laughs> full on hard, baby. Sorry, Full on. <laughs> hey, we're not doing phrasing anymore. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And the, and the game feels really good. Cause it's, it's still challenging at the same time as being like, still cinematic looking when you play it. Like it's, it's, it's all good. Cool. Um, but would... yeah, I'm looking forward to talking to you more about you diving more into it. What's up?
1: I don't know if I'll be ready for like a spoiler discussion. I wouldn't, and if this you're playing, a, if, a you, long game. if you and demos are doing that, like soon, like I'm not going to be anywhere.
2: I'm, I mean, sorry. Hey, worst case, I can I can pull more guests on and more uh, other podcasters as well. We yeah. can always talk about that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, at the same time, we'll I'll save more ghosts of Tsushima talk for for another time. What was your other? Still-
1: what was your other game?
2: so the other game i bought over the weekend because i wanted a cool fun idea like a full fun game to play with my friend while i was like away on the switch i bought a game called for the king um it was like a 12 it was on sale for 12 bucks and this game is a a tabletop tabletop style rpg in lieu of dungeons and dragons Mm -hmm. um and it's got a three-player co-op aspect to it it has different game modes different Story types like uh, that you can play, um, a la Dungeons and Dragons. how you have different stories, and it's set out in a hexagonal grid. Um, are you looking it up, Trip?
3: Yeah, for the king. Is that what you called it? Yeah, I'm looking for the king.
2: It it's got a it's got a very simple style, and you pick uh, a few classes and the difficulty or whatever you want to do, and you you take turns. It's a turn based game where you take yeah. turns moving along this this hexagonal grid, and you accomplish you know you know you you do you do uh, quests and you go to towns and you can rest at inns um combat once you move to a tile of an enemy, it brings you into a turn-based combat screen where you and your friend, up to three people, uh, can take turns in combat. And you get rewards, and you can share loot, and you can choose not to share loot. Or you can split it any kind of way. You can you can trade items with your with your friends on different tiles. Tiles have bonuses, random encounters, random effects that happen on tiles. Yeah, go ahead, Felix. What's up? This is
1: different than something like Mario Rabbits or XCOM?
2: It is yes. Okay. Um, so those are a ta- those are like tactical strategy turn based games. Yeah. Where once you're in combat in the game, um, you you use the terrain and you use your move like you you move into ta- uh, into positions in like XCOM right and and Mario rabbits to take advantage of like terrain and get the advantage on your enemy. This you're moving along a, like a it's like a board game. It's like a large hexagonal board game that you'll move your your characters on you and lots of dice rolls occur. So like you'll roll for your movement. And sometimes you can move seven spaces, sometimes five spaces, oh, depending on how good your roll is. Um and then this also happens in combat as well. So you your weapon uh any weapons you find will have specialized attacks and sometimes they'll have like I'll do three dice rolls on this one. And if you get all three dice rolls, you'll you can you get a better chance of crit crit shotting whatever your attack is. You miss one, it becomes uh, like okay, maybe I can get a good hit. Maybe the enemy will dodge it, right? Like so, a lot of these rolls are and chance uh, depend on like movement and combat. So, it's so like, it's, civili-
1: it's kind of- this is more like civilization.
2: Civilization, but like it definitely, I can definitely see a lot of D anD D influences mm-hmm. on here. It's very fantasy, like right, but like at the same time, like all everything you do is rely, is relying on dice rolls, um, the- whether it be moving and, and attacking.
1: Does it fill in your
2: party if you don't have two friends to play with? So no, me and him. We, we me and him started a campaign with just the two of us, and we we tried adding like a CPU or like maybe like a, like a third a third slot. Like if we could add someone, it doesn't work. So like you can't do that. But the game is very simple. Like you can tell it's made by a very indie studio, um, and it was it was fine playing with the two of us. We played on normal at first, and like we died like like a bunch of turns into our campaign and we decided like let's just like get a feel for the game and see how it plays out so we're playing on easy mode um and we're, we're enjo- like the campaign's very enjoyable it still gets very challenging toward the end uh or like toward the midway um we didn't finish our campaign but like it, it is pretty cool because it does expand its way out as you solve you know like a uh, complete quest and stuff um
3: nice. i highly totally I mean, recommend it it. It's- it looks it looks Looks pretty cool. Looks pretty well developed for a little indie board game with uh, oh, yeah. Dragon's kind of influences. Yeah, it looks looks a lot better than I was kind of imagining it.
2: Yeah, and like at first when he showed it to me I was like, I don't know about this, man. Like this looks a little under underbaked or whatever. And I was like, all right, you know what, $12, I'll I'll, I'll see what it's all about. And right. um honestly, it's it's really fun. Like uh I could see myself like doing like a party night or a game night with like like this kind of game. Um and I would sure. love to finish our campaign that we started. Like that seems like a really Really dope way to enjoy, enjoy a nice video game. Absolutely.
1: Dungeons and uh, Dragons nice. and um, games, tabletop games of that uh, caliber are incredibly popular now.
3: They're massive right now. They've had a gigantic resurgence. People play them online. People play them and stream them. Yeah, crit- there are gigantic communities about 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 Dungeons and Dragons campaigns, or people like role play their characters while they're playing the game. It's like a critical role is very massive. Critical Critical role
1: is a if you guys haven't heard of it, I mean you you definitely heard of it, Neo. But I mean anyone listening is a a YouTube channel primarily, right? Um, mm-hmm. It's a show. Uh, they stream. Yeah, they, they stream. Yeah.
2: I think, but, I think but it's
1: major voice actors from video games and television shows like Travis uh Billingham and his wife uh Laura what's her last name again? Neo Bailey. Laura Bailey. Yeah. Mm. They're on it
2: and then Ashley uh, Johnson is too at some point. Ash, yeah, yeah.
1: sometimes she played a character and they all perform with their like cool voices from like um from acting. <laughs> from from their performances that they've done in uh, different yeah. movies and shit. So it's pretty cool
2: yeah man uh, and I like that like there's a video by um the game makers toolkit on YouTube you all should look this guy up um, he makes excellent videos detailing game design and talking about how like, like like talking about just game design in general and one thing that he talked about in one of his latest videos is the evolution of the Western RPG versus the Japanese RPG and it's really I feel like you should check this out because it, it goes into detail how Dungeons and Dragons was so popular that, that game makers took the idea and tried to make and it shows how they took D style uh get, like the game, made it into text-based adventures, then turned them into like polygonal, uh, you know, wireframe game, like a wireframe style game adventure that's like an RPG. Mm-hmm. And then it evolved into like the Western RPG and the Final Fantasies and your Dragon Quests, and like how the Japanese and Western developers split their design philosophies over time. So we got like Skyrim and we got persona today. Right. Like those are like very much the evolution of dungeons and dragons. Like they all came from that. The core of the game is the same, but like the experience
3: and the coat of paint is just wildly
1: different based
3: on on hundred percent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Most Mm -hmm. of it's funny that you say that because um, I'm not trying to derail from what you were talking about, but I play a lot of elder scrolls online and their crew yeah. the crew that f- that founded the team at Zenimax are primarily ex wizards of the coast like d- d- uh, um, story designers so a lot of the there guys, you go. a lot of the guys that helped develop Elder Scrolls online uh, the lore of Elder Scrolls online originated with uh, designing for D&D which is
2: That's crazy benedic. and and that, I even, think even yeah go ahead even the original even the original Elder Scrolls game they were a- they were way back on like the DOS and on like the DOS operating system, heavily influenced by Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Like Daggerfall, I think was like the early one. I think that's what it was called. Um, 2D adventure. It was a 2D open world adventure, top down, pixel pixel graphics, like very very simple. Um, and then hey, we got Skyrim and Elder Scrolls Online today. Like those are like the evolution of that. Yep, that adventure. But yeah, it makes sense. Like, like you would get guys that love the lore and, let, and that have experience writing that kind of lore. Uh, especially Wizards of the Coast being, being the, what they are. It's their, it's their whole anyway, deal. Yeah, dude. Uh, that's what I've been up to. Uh, who, who Who is next? Go ahead, Tripp.
3: Uh, well, this past week, I finished The Last of Us Part 2.
2: Yeah, I heard about that. Hell yes. <laughs> Last and of Us oh, okay. Part 2 is fully, fully, fully done. Let's get spoiler-free reactions and and thoughts Tell us on all
0: that.
2: that. Mm-hmm. What, um, what do you think of the I... ending and the, Oof, yeah well, the conclusion? Hashtag Team thought, Abby. Hashtag <laughs> Team Abby. First of all, <laughs> thousand percent. No, okay. I want to know your reasoning for Team because, like, I'm with you. Like, I love Abby, but like, that's been one of the most diz- divisive conversations. I, I can, I, I'm not
3: going to be able to answer this question unless I spoil. So, are we okay with spoiling? I know we've all played it, but. Yeah, the people that are listening are gonna have to like. They're gonna have to know that I'm gonna say some shit if we're gonna talk Guys, about it. spoilers so, for Last of Us 2. You've
2: had a skip month, ahead and half, like
3: five minutes. I will be. We all played it. I bro. will be succinct. But yep. yeah, skip ahead five minutes. I promise you, I will not talk more than five minutes about this. If you are listening to the show at a later date, I. So the ending of the game, the ending sequence, uh, was rough, and I was not a fan of what. They put Abby through at the very, very end, and then made you fight her as Ellie. I know, not a fan of that, fan of that at all.
2: A very well, weakened Abby, a very now now I'm a nourished Ellie. So when Abby. I first
3: got to that, um, first got to that part in the game, uh, I was talking to chat, and like Abby rushes you in the water, right, like out by the docks, and like she chokes you, have to start like fighting back. Well, I was like looking at chat and didn't react right away. And and Abby shoved the knife in Ellie's neck, and I'm like, "Oh, cool! We just saw the original ending. We saw the real ending. It's what a game! What an amazing video game! <laughs> Incredible experience! The last of Us Part Two! Wow, guys! And like, then the game reloads right there for the fight, and like, it just keeps doing it." And so I was like, "Wow, it's amazing that we, uh, you know, we got here. What a journey! Thank you for watching, guys. Appreciate all the support. I want to take a break. Like, I put my BRB screen on, which is just <laughs> the game and like chat, and like took a two minute break while I just kept kind of looping Abby stabbing Ellie in the neck over and over and over and over again. So that was
1: pretty lit. <laughs> a lot of people um, did that, though. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm, a lot yeah. of people did mm-hmm. that. It just like
3: besides the fact that Abby is genuinely good, like." Like, sh- like, sure, you know, she killed Joel, and that's why everyone is automatically hates her. Just, like, auto-hate, sure. And I was yeah. part of that, that club, too, right? Like, I saw what happened in the beginning, and I'm like, fuck her forever. She's uh, playing as her. Honestly, she is a better human, right? Just, like, I think that's objective. Mm-hmm. She's a better person. And then when you, like, look at all the decisions that Ellie had made to get to the point of the story that she got to all the chances she had for happiness all the times She like just shit on her friends her family for this like revenge perspective. It just, it doesn't come anywhere close. How much better of a, of a character Abby is than Ellie.
2: Let, let me ask you this. Do you think the writing of the game is intentionally manipulative to kind of lean you more towards Abby's side? Is it, is the game manipulating you to kind of like yeah. drop your love of Ellie Ellie no, from like the 100,
1: first one hundred percent, one hundred percent. They set that up on purpose. They wanted. Yeah. To- I mean, they
3: definitely, yeah, they presented it like that. But I'm trying to like really think if they want you well, to decide side, or if they really want to deliver each character the way they wrote it, and let. Well, you have to think that they, the,
2: what they make you do as Ellie throughout the game is you're going on a literal murder spree to get to abby right that that is her her side of the campaign and like that's all she's focused on doing they give you a moment of levity in the in the history museum which is a fantastic scene it's a fantastic Mm -hmm. segment it really one of the one of the best i'd I'd say in the game well they
3: they, they do is they keep reinforcing her reason for this which is i think how they want people that are fans of ellie to Mm -hmm. rationalize it all Right. They want you to look at like all the repeated flashbacks with Joel, all their moments of connection, and say, she's doing this for that reason. She's justified. This is for him. Because mm-hmm. of everything he did for her and their connection. They had
1: me as Ellie kill that girl's fucking dog, and then they made me play fucking fetch with him. I know. Then they made me play fetch with him. I know. Her. Sorry, I know. her name is Alice. Yes, I know. Yes. Yeah, they they, that. they they fucking did that on purpose. That I was, was doing their little a, fucking fun. I was trying my hardest
3: Right? I was trying my hardest to do a dog kill free playthrough.
1: I failed. So, like there
3: were there were there was a moment where the game would always pull my aim because you know, you like you swing for a melee or something and it might go to like the nearest enemy and a dog was leaping and that's when it caught like my insta kill melee or something like that, right? So like I always failed at least by one in every area that was like dog heavy. But I was really, really, really trying to do this. Um, but then there's that cutscene, of course, when yeah. Ellie finally makes it at the end of day three into the aquarium and the dog runs and Alice runs at you as Ellie. And, and you have no choice because it's a
1: cutscene but to press square and stab the but dog. Up, and I was like, but, fuck this team, but, dude. but up until that point, you had killed tons of dogs. You were like, okay, I killed a ton of dogs. Here's, a, yeah, here's another sure dog. Playing. And it's no coincidence yeah. that the very very next scene or ve- very very next like part of the game is day 1 where you're yeah. walking around and you yeah. meet alice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wanting to play fetch with you and they oh, put yeah, the- no, not they put that in as a fucking mini mini game someone had mm-hmm. to go out of their way to go yeah
2: let's put a fucking mini game in oh, there and they it's have to all play intentional, with- right yeah where they this have to is, play this with is all emotional string pulling right like they're all just they're trying to make you they're they're trying to make you realize the the consequences of your action and yeah. realize like the the, the game like, I I use the term emotionally manipulative but like that's what they're trying to like they're trying to invoke these emotions out of you and feel things like trip getting to the end of the game and being like well I don't want to kill Abby I'm not trying to fight her yeah, exactly. I have I have I have bonded with this character and seen the things like that her 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 behaviors like saving Lev and, and her sister and like doing all these things and all and like her it, relationships it, it was, with everything. I mean, yeah. They fleshed her out so well, just the way she would move around the camp. Like the couple times
3: you were back at like the, the, the WLF like outposts, the way she was asking legitimately how people are, how can I help? Where's this person? How was your little mi- your rage, your mission? Like Ellie didn't give a fuck about any of those people in the town. You know? Yeah. She barely yeah. cared about Dina. She fucking peaced out on Dina the minute she had new intel on Abby, <laughs> and then got fucking bitch slapped by Karma when she came home did and you the entire say, house
1: with them. Did you say pieced out? That's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> she didn't care, dude. Did you see mm-hmm. my, the point I made about how um, I thought that the story was like a transfer of like fathership, almost like because toward the end, uh, the, her new father figure became. Fucking Tommy, Tommy was making suggestions
2: all the way up until the final suggestion. Yeah, I don't think I don't think the bond is there that she had with Joel. I mean, if if anything, by default
1: sure, but they
3: tried to make that happen.
1: Because they had that scene where she's hunting with him.
2: Yeah, well, sure. Um, I think I think what the game game was doing was they they took Abby and they they put her in the Last of Us Part One mode. Giving her the, uh, I I guess you could say, father slash mother figure to Lev and kind of transferred that on her, right? Like they, they were, they almost, they almost like imprinted Joel's role from the first game on Abby in some, in some aspect. Mm -hmm. It didn't do it fully because you didn't have the full game with them, but in some respect, you got that respect for Abby toward the end. It it is a full game. It's two games.
1: It's double, it's it's literally double the first game in time. Yeah. You did play a full game. I mean, oh, you're right. It's the, a beefy boy. the original game was 15 hours and we, we did almost 30, you know, so mm-hmm. it, it was two games. They put two yeah. games into one. So
3: I thought it was great. But and overall, that was, What are I, your was, I loved it. It was an incredible game. There was, it did so much, right. In terms of being a game and in terms of storytelling, it just, it's, it's been an absolute like pleasure to play a game as well made as that. Just incredible. Yeah. From the like the cutscenes, the the writing, the animation, the the gameplay, the the difficulty, the challenges. Just it was. I mean, I don't like. I've talked about on the show. My only nitpicky things, the things that I didn't enjoy, are like like a random UI issue, or like the fact that they switched the button that I liked personally to change my shoulder aiming perspective. Like that's it. That's literally it. Oh, and also they didn't really tell you how to climb a ladder. But again, tiny, tiny, tiny little things. <laughs> You know, very tiny like, the game. Not like the
2: game's experience. So I had is, enough for just a fantastic time. My question for both of you, do you think this is already your game of the year currently? Is, this is a wild question. This is a left field yeah. question. A, In of terms new, of what's come of new out. new games? Of new games? Yeah, of, sure. of games of 2020, yeah. Sure. And now... In I'm saying this yeah. before sure. Cyberpunk has even dropped, right? Like I'm saying right. this before the big boy. Yeah, the but big what the
1: fuck have I played from this that actually came out this year? I mean, other than the prologue of Ghost of Tsushima and
2: this, what have I played? Resident again? Evil Three. Oh fuck, dude! Was... Final <laughs> Fantasy 7 remake. That's such oh, a trip. Fuck, that was this year. <gasps> yeah, dude. <laughs> i have Yeah, to keep track. track. Keep track of the games you play this year because we're gonna talk about it at the end of the year. It's gonna be a weird one I too. To do some soul searching. Wow. I can't answer that tonight. I really can't. Very well-made Seven remake. Well-made game. Like, really good. <laughs> Cannot answer right? that tonight. Well. Wow. That's, why, that's why I dropped that question. Yeah. I wanted to know, where do, where, where do you stand now? Because we're, like, more than halfway through the year now. They're at least
3: tied. And if I were to answer that question, I'd have to literally hyper-analyze. Because I don't take that shit lately. I, I can't just, like, answer off the cuff. Especially when a game like Final Fantasy Seven Remake is on the board. Um... But I'd have to go back and, like, really kind of make a list pros and cons. Just got to really? think about it. Dive in, yeah, a lot.
1: Damn, oh. what a year. What a year this decade has been. Yeah, it's been,
0: it's been yeah, wild. The, the it's pro- been a really
1: the, wild year. Yeah, my biggest problem is most of this year so far, I haven't played one-and-done games like The Last of Us Part Two. I played games yeah. that came out in previous years that are service games, and a mm. lot of them. All through quarantine, I played Fallout seventy six. I just renewed Elder Scrolls Online, and I'm playing that nightly. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm not playing like the one and done, and that's pretty much the only one and done, other than Resident Evil three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that the experience of the narrative in Last of Us two is way better and more entertaining, right? 100 percent. So, so, like, I don't know, I, you know, but like, I went back and played Resident Evil three until I completed every trophy in the game. Because it's that addicting for me, right? I don't know. I think I just
2: liked. Yeah. This well, this conversation obviously is going to be for later on. For later, yeah, because but, there's still stuff yeah. to come out, you know. For sure. I just wanted to get a gauge of where everybody was at now. That's all. That's all. Like, a, yeah. what, what's your what's your kind of halfway point through the year? Gauge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, cats cats on. Right now. Cool. Um. But yeah, and then besides
3: that, my next stream adventure is uh, it started the same night and it has continued on for the rest of the week and now this week as well, but I am going to be 100%ing Breath of the Wild. You should. 100%. That was the first game that I played when I came back on Twitch, so I'm just going to keep going with that uh, with that adventure. I finished the DLC last night. All of that super long DLC quest that starts with you having that weapon that's like a one-hit kill for any enemy in the game, but then like you get killed in one hit, too. You have to do all oh, right. that. Then you have to do three shrines each for each, like, region around the divine beasts and then you fight the boss of the divine beast again but with very very limited battle specifics you have to like only use the weapons that are given right there and uh and then at the end of all of that you get uh you get the fifth divine beast that you then have to beat and then once that's done you get the power to summon a motorcycle hell yes so i'm gonna use this motorcycle to find all 900 koroks and i'm very excited about it
1: <laughs> you'll be you'll be riding all over
0: hyrule in ranty.
3: style and that's, that's a one, DLC one.
1: that you cannot play until you defeat Ganon, correct? No. No, no yeah. You can, you can rip it whenever you want. So I could rip that DLC right now Yeah, in my playthrough. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, I, it's, I haven't it's, even, I haven't it's even like fought, any, I haven't fought any of the big robots yet.
3: The Divine Beasts. You might, you might have to finish the Divine Beasts at least before this. You don't have to be Ganon, but you do have to finish the Divine Beasts because... Oh. One of the other bonuses of, of doing all this is that the powers that you get from each Divine Beast, all of them become uh, more efficient for you. Meaning like when you use them and they run out, they take like a certain amount of time to recharge. Right. Doing this extra DLC, each time you beat one of the bosses, I think it halves that time that it takes to recharge for you. So it's, it's reward specific around those, those powers. So again, you have to at least beat the, uh, the Divine Beasts. But not Ganon.
2: I've been I've been watching your stream. You play it, Trip, and over the weekend, my friend deleted his save file to start over as well. Mm -hmm. So I'm not gonna lie; I'm very tempted to like to like just play it through it again, just like do it and start over. It's it's the game that keeps on giving, dude. It it Uh, is, uh, and it's it's a such a great experience. I'll be playing that game for a decade.
0: Yeah, honestly, Honestly, I
2: think think this is Mm -hmm. this is Nintendo's Skyrim. Like, this is... Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a bold statement to make, but, like, I do think it's not. That's It's that's, really not, though. That's yeah. A, yeah. It's, it's
0: a, it's even a better game
3: than Skyrim. I still go back to Skyrim because it's fun just to live in that world, but, like, mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild is is far and away a better experience, I think, than Skyrim, in terms of, a, like, a game you're that's, playing. Skyrim is probably a better, like, RPG or life sim, if you want to go down that road, but, like, yeah. in terms of a, a game, like a video game, Breath of the Wild, 100%.
2: I, I mean I'm I'm right there with you hundred percent. I, I think a lot of people a lot of people don't like the like open world emptiness factor. Oh, love it. Love it. I, I I think I think it's great atmosphere. I think the whole thing yeah. it, it screams like run all over me and search me. Like yeah, it's adventure. It's, and, it's
3: the, I think it's the yeah. one of the biggest video game maps of all time, too. Like the thing, I'm the serious, only maps really. that, Yeah. The maps that are only bigger than that are um I think like an Elder Scrolls game, like Elder Scrolls 2. Massive. Assassin's Odyssey.
1: Oh, I think this... mm, Now I'm going to look it up. I don't know. Biggest video game apps, Google. Let's go. I don't know. I mean, they both seem big, but like there's... There's not a... a, a, An active... uh, uh, Apparently it's Daggerfall,
3: Elder Scrolls. But But I don't guess that's Elder Scrolls 2. Yeah. yeah. It's only the biggest map because it just like, it literally goes on forever and ever and ever almost without right. the detail that any of these worlds have.
2: It, yeah, exactly. And it doesn't, have the, it doesn't have that modern detail to it. Mm-hmm. Um, no Man's Sky is actually the, the biggest well, one. Yeah, it's a fucking galaxy. I don't count that. So yeah, I wouldn't count I still it. It's,
1: like that. it's not a map. It's seeded. it generates itself. Yeah. Like yeah. forever. Like you'll never ever find anything twice in that <laughs> right. you're a hundred percent right you know what i mean like that's not that can't count
0: okay, um, Fuel?
2: okay. yeah g- uh, yeah go ahead guys what oh who's is it my turn who's next to talk about something
0: yeah
1: uh well i want to practice this whole concept trip zero that you're suggesting where i just stick to things that are relevant right but like unfortunately <laughs> all that i've played is are games that are not really relevant anymore right Um, So all I can do is talk about what's new in those games, if that's fair. Okay. Sure.
0: That that Um, is fair. Yeah.
1: That's all I can talk about. Um, So the most important thing I want to talk about is the fact that, like yesterday, the Red Dead Online update came that offered a new role to the red dead online experience. I did hear there was an update. We have talked about roles before, and I'm excited about roles. I think roles are the best thing that have come to that game. I wish GTA online had roles, you know, Mm -hmm. people out of my fucking face, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Trolls and whatnot. Um, But the cool role that they added would be a role that you would fucking embrace, dude, because it's called the naturalist. Um, Okay. So the naturalist isn't about just shoot the deer kill the deer, skin the deer, and then go sell the shit to a butcher. The the, the the naturalist role forces you to use all of the skills that it takes to hunt a deer properly. So you now have a new ammunition type that comes with your varmint rifle called sedation uh, bullets or sedation darts <laughs> or whatever. Uh, it takes a couple of bullets in a deer to like actually uh, bring it down, but when it falls, it falls to sleep. And then you take a sample with a syringe from it, and then you leave it there and let it wake up. Yeah, <laughs> so it's super humane. But for for yeah, what do you do with the sample? Like what is so, so weird? Well, the, the sample thing? builds. To, that's how you earn experience because you have a placard mm-hmm. uh, built in the game. These exist already uh, in the single player experience that you might remember when you played it, uh, where it would give you stats about the mm-hmm. animals you've you've killed or whatever. This is not as developed. Uh, this is way more developed than the single player experience because you have like, it'll say like gray wolf and that placard and a, a level bar, but to level that gray wolf up, you, you, it's not just killing 65 gray wolves. It's kill a certain amount of gray wolves to level it. It's uh, track properly where you follow the actual track of the animal track properly it's take a sample from it properly and then even a photograph so to photograph Mm -hmm. the animal properly in and you get more experience if you take the photograph when the animal's in its natural setting not when it's just fucking dead on the ground so So you're just you're just out there vibing with nature the the idea is to, to literally vibe with nature and fucking take care take pictures of the the animals that inhabit this giant popu- you know that's, world that they created. that's pretty chill. Yeah. Now, un- unfortunately, as we talked about before with all the roles, there's a buy-in fee, you know, remember, I mm-hmm. remember what I amounted it to is that um, you essentially are paying the amount of DLC for an- another game you might play, you know, like, the total amount of money you put out in real money is a, a, about forty bucks. Um Well, it was forty bucks for the other rolls, and then this is probably another. Tact- I tacked on. I spent nine bucks last night to buy the gold bars that could get me the kit that allows you to be the naturalist or do the hmm. the naturalist test. So, how was-
3: much? I know you said like roughly like a DLC price, but like is it really like twenty bucks, thirty bucks for this for this thing? This roll. This
1: roll. It's no. It was nine bucks. Oh, okay. Nine bucks, it was twenty-five gold bars in the current. So you're buying like a like a I don't know, like a microtransaction purchase or yeah, something. Yeah. I, I, okay. I bought the twenty-five gold bars for nine dollars, and then I was able with the twenty-five gold bars buy the the kit in the game that allows me to do the natural stuff farm gold bars in the game yeah you you earn those, so you could just do a bunch of stuff and earn enough gold to like i'm sure the earn rate is a lot more slow than oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah I mean there are people who've gamed it like Jay Prince my good buddy who plays it a lot he uh, he basically knows how to earn gold on a regular basis. But I don't have time for that. So <laughs> that's, that's the allure that's of
3: micro.
2: That's the option. And,
1: and, and like I said, it it's managed, it, so. it amounted the amount of money I put out to just start all of those roles is no more than fifty bucks. Like that's the most that I put out, um, right. which is the same price as a uh, as a DLC. You you, it's almost the same price as the DLC I bought for Mortal Kombat. You know. Yeah. True. Um, so it's cool, but it adds a whole, much, whole lot more to the game, you know, with the naturalist role and the bounty hunter role. Um, oh, the other side to the naturalist role is you can now take, uh, they now added all the legendary animal spots and more that they had in the <clears throat> single player game in the world. Because there's this <clears throat> other guy who, whose uh, moral compass it poses the woman who is the, is the humane with the animals like you meet two characters in a cut scene in the beginning and one is this like you know teddy Ro- uh, roosevelt like super like you know rugged individualist guy who's basically like i want you to kill as many of these animals and stake your claim on the planet as a man you know that type of shit and right. he's morally opposed by a woman who's kind of like fighting him on this how you got to be humane with animals and shit like that and you, so she's the one that, that sells you the naturalist kit. And then with him, you can just go to him and like give him animal carcasses and shit. And that's no another, shit. that's another way to level up. So you can, right. you can do this either way, which, either is, way you know, right. which is pretty cool, but it adds like a, you know, a whole new dynamic to the game where you're not just you know, s- sitting around just doing missions over and over again. You know, I want to ask
3: you a question about this. Um, cause I had seen some reactions about this online and, um, uh, one streamer, King Gathalion, that I follow, obviously, he he was very disappointed that that's all that was added to the game, and he wasn't commenting on on the merits of that expansion content by itself. He's more upset about the fact that Red Dead Online has been out for as long as it has, and you still can't do things that he believes you should be able to do in an online uh, Western simulator. Like you can't go rob a, a moving train. With all of your friends, oh yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah, there, There's yeah. You can't like go and hold up a store or a bank or something with your buds. Like, there's things you just can't do. And he's I, like, "Why can't I do this if I'm GTA trying to live?"
0: Like-
1: yeah, GTA Five offers the heists, right? Yeah, but it came. Mm-hmm. It came. It came a while. It did, so that like, didn't come out sure. until two, three years after GTA Online existed. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. So
2: like, yeah. so like. There's no reason why Red Dead Two can't do a train heist planning, right? Like in the future, I think something like that. I think
1: yeah, their business model is exactly the same as GTA. I mean, I think they're going to eventually come out with a train heist thing or a heist the banks thing. But I guess do you think
3: you should be able to just because you can do that in single player? I mean, you really could just point a gun at anybody and you know shoot them, kill them, hold them up, whatever. Do you think like why do you think they can't do
1: that in online? Well. No, I mean, to, to no, but to bounce back on your point there, like the only time you rob a bank is in a story mission in that. For, I didn't finish the game. Don't spoil, please. Uh, I haven't either. I, only, I haven't either. Uh, the only time I'm much further in the story than I was before. So I'm well past chapter three. Chapter three is the chapter when you're in Valentine. Yeah. I've, I've never left uh, okay. Horseshoe Overlook,
0: to be honest.
1: <laughs> oh God. So, no, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. Horseshoe Overlook play. is the Valentine spot. Horseshoe- That's the first spot. Horseshoe Overlook is the first spot, but that you're in Chapter 3 for that, and then okay. you all leave, and you go into town, and you rob. At one point, you play a mission with Karen, and it's Karen's mission, and she invites you to go into town and rob a bank with her. You do that as a heist. You rob it. You go through all the drama that goes along with it you plan it you do all that stuff and then you and then you escape and there might be another one later there's definitely some train robberies they're all story-based though they're not just things that you, yeah you can go up to a train in the in the online game and you can rob it i mean you can rob all the people on it if you want you can totally do that you can do that but it's not it's not a structured story mission right um in the online and i think that's what he's referring to he's saying the structured story mission that we did in the single player games still doesn't exist in the online but like i said it took a while for that to get to gta sure it existed in the story game of gta and then what two three years later they finally brought it to the online right
3: well yeah i remember when when heist finally rolled out as a like a a, an answer to raids in other cooperative online right, right
1: exactly yeah, um, I think that that big one or that big thing. I mean, the other thing that you can't do in Red Dead yet, because um, they're very early on, is you still can't buy your own personal property like you can in GTA. Like mm, have a farm or a ranch right. house or even an apartment in some downtown, you know, village or whatever. You like you can't. Yeah, well,
3: you it's, can't yeah it's a lot easier, I guess, in, in GTA because you just like put a, a random character in a skyscraper and then there you don't have to actually like build this model of a home but like in in a western town you got to give them someone to live and like there's limited space on the map obviously right they didn't
1: have the thing you know, the thing skyscraper. the big thing that sucks uh, that sucks about the western environment is you don't how most people how they're able to justify why 30 people in the map all live there is because it is an apartment complex i don't know right. if you remember playing that but you get an apart. you buy an apartment in GTA and then like every, yeah. you know, like six people or seven or 20 people on the map all enter the same apartment. You know what I mean? Yeah. have different instances.
2: Yeah, inst- they're instanced areas. Yeah. So it would it, it, do
3: that, right? if it's only like what six, I'm making this up, I don't actually know, but like, imagine 16 people at the most in an instance, right? They could just like make a little town just for the people to live there. That all has their own, like, you know, upgradable farmland or, you know, ranch land or whatever. Could probably
1: do that. I'm guessing. Well, the, see, I don't think so because you oh, are developing the, over the here. The assets they're using—this is what's crazy—the assets they're using in the online are the pre-rendered, pre-structured assets that were in the regular game, right? Right. Uh, they've just figured out a way to make it online. Um, it's not like they're they're making changes or manipulating their code at all for a lot of the shit. You know, like mm-hmm. they they did it a little bit to like, but you know, like. This is this is I don't know if you remember this, but did you ever play Red Dead One or Red Dead Redemption One? Okay, so Red Dead Redemption One, yeah, this is true. Red Dead Redemption One has a super like anti-Semitic character in this the town called Armadillo. Do you remember the anti-Semitic character Neo in Red Dead? you don't have to. You'll have to remind me. You walk in the store, and he's—he's like, "I can't believe you don't remember this." You walk in the store, and the first thing he says is, "You're not Jewish, are you?" (laughs) Like,
0: you you don't—you don't don't remember
1: this at all, right? Yeah, he literally says that. Like 2007. Okay, so the reason I know that this game is in essence kind of based on the code of Red Dead One is that same anti-Semitic dude is there, and he's almost the same. Oh, my God. He still is saying the same dialogue. It's the same voice actor originally. I don't even think they brought back a different dude for that. So they're still using baseline for at least the older parts of the game, not the new map, obviously. They're still using some baseline code and voice work that was done from Red Dead Redemption 1 in the old map parts that you can go to. Um, so they're not putting a lot of work into altering, like what you're describing right there, into altering like the terrain. If
2: anything... I give them props for the consistency. Like, that's great. Like it's, that they're consistent. Yeah, with I mean, <laughs> He doesn't say it as
1: often. He was like adamant about it. Like this character was super anti-Semitic, like in the first game, No,
2: like even so, I appreciate that they stick to their guns with their, with the time period. It goes with the time period. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But, I'm not uh, definitely not offensive. I'm not offended.
1: Yeah. Don't, <laughs> Don't be offended by their attempted realism. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it it does show that they, like, you know, it really does show that they didn't change a lot uh, from the story game, you know? Um, And that what you're suggesting would require an overhaul of some of the work they did on the original story, you know? Yeah, they would, yeah. And I don't know if they're... I don't know if they're willing to fucking do that, but yeah. But it's good they're they're updating and adding things to it yeah. for sure. Yeah, but I don't need to go into detail. But other than that, I've just been playing Fallout seventy six season play because I'm addicted to that motherfucking shit. <laughs> um, and no, they got you, dude. No explanation further on that. Um, it's great. I really enjoy it. We we have a ball playing that, and I'm getting a lot of cool legendary weapons that are fucking blowing me away. And then I'm back on the quest to just. Unlock everything in the map of uh, Tamriel in Elder Scrolls Online, like you know, like doing all the story quests, unlocking all the achievements. Like I'm just doing all of it alone. You know, I'm playing an MMO RPG without anyone else, just in there. Is, is that how you, is
2: that how you do hey, it? I mean, that's that's a completely viable way to play that play any kind and, of and, MMO.
1: It's, it, and I'm just immersed in the Elder Scrolls lore of it. You know, like I love the Elder Scrolls universe and, uh, and I'm just, I love it, you know? So I've just been playing that a lot. So
3: hell yeah. Hell
2: so yeah. Like, anyway, that's it. That's what cool. I got. Uh, What kind of news we got, Neo? Let's hop into the news. Uh, do you guys want to start with the, the big news of the week? Yeah. Like the Microsoft? Yeah. Let's start with the Microsoft stuff. Oh. Um, they had their big showcase last thursday and they showed off this was their this was microsoft's push to show them what the show them what they us what they got for the holiday right like what they're bringing to the table um they started very strong show me what you got Show me what you got. yes makes me think of rick showed, oh yeah i mean that's, that's why i did that there you go um they started with nine minutes of halo infinite gameplay now did you guys like, did you guys watch essentially oh yeah and like I think it's kind of interesting of them to start start with the big the big guns right but I guess they wanted to keep you on like like do they want to keep you I I,
3: I absolutely part? love that they ripped right into it because like all these game all these shows play that dumb game of like let's leave it till the end for the engagement so no one leaves and we watch the best thing at the end no everyone knows what they want they're there for that let's just give the people the footage they want, and then we'll go from there, you know, mm-hmm. like without playing the dumb game. So I, pre- I really, I've
2: actually appreciated the move that came out first. Sure. What did you guys think of the gameplay? Did you guys happen to like, check out any of it? I did. Yeah. It looked, I mean, it looks exactly
3: like halo. Um, like with some obviously halo. open world, potentially differences to it. Um, obviously being involved or being influenced by a lot of the service games that are out there. Um, I didn't really see much that would look new, like. But I'm not a Halo expert, so uh, I know the grappling hook is not a thing that was in other games. That's a new mechanic that was being used yeah. in there. People are excited about that. Um, but yeah, it looked like a they, uh,
2: they added uh, like open world mechanics, and instead of doing the RPGifying thing that most games would do in this case, where you would unlock like skill trees and whatever all upgrades and and things that you would get to like improve master chief or, or I'm using improve but like it's all very minimal stuff you'll find in the world and they'll be like tech or like tech like the grappling hook right like that's like an example um they added sprinting uh which was a which has been a very controversial conversation between halo fans like do you do you add sprinting and ruin the original feel of the game like what made the game i guess it's own thing, right? Back me in the day.
3: and Kevin Oates have been through one and two now, playing together online, and we started three maybe yeah. a month or two ago. And every single time, I don't know, I don't care what Halo I'm in. Every single time, I'm like, I need a goddamn sprint button, dude. I hate that I don't have sprint. <laughs> now I played this this year, right? So this is me coming into Halo Cold and playing all the games that have come before. So I don't have the perspective of someone who played the original and and is like, no, this is the pace. I like this pace because obviously the pace works for multiplayer too. I think a lot of the conversation is gonna be what is sprint gonna do in a multiplayer in a halo. Game? Yeah, it's
1: gonna fuck the meta. It'll, It'll fuck the meta. Yeah.
2: yeah. Or like like does it make it more like a I guess I'm running gun shooter like Call of Duty, right? Like does does it do that? Um, because you don't wanna like ruin the integrity of what the game what Halo is to the Halo players. Right. And, so, and That's why it's like been such a huge topic of of controversy for for the fan base, for sure.
1: You and Oates played original Halo Online recently? Yeah, on the Master Chief Collection. Okay. Mm-hmm. So here's my question. Does mm-hmm. it bother you that in that fucking game you can't aim down sights? That bothers me.
3: Uh, some guns you can. It right. depends on the right. weapon. Right, right, right. Like battle rifle right. Or but whatever, the original
1: right. pistol doesn't you know, show up in a pistol mode right. with an aim yeah. sight. Thing. It did a little bit. Yeah, it did. But I mean, that's that I kind of I got past that faster
3: than I did the sprinting, Like, believe it or not. Mm. Yeah, I I, the games really- I couldn't reposition myself more quickly than I was about
2: not being able to aim down sights. Yeah, all the games of that era, they, ADSing was a very new thing, like post like 2003, I want to say, because you had games like Unreal Tournament, Quake, Halo, Half Life, like those games never ADS. Like that was mm-hmm. not a thing until I, I don't even know what was the first game to do it. Like was no. it a Call of Duty? Was it an early Call of Duty game? Maybe. I have no idea. Yeah, like no first one of that. Yeah, so like I don't even know I didn't I don't remember in the like if I had to play the gameplay trailer here. Did they show ADSing? I did not see a whole lot of ADSing during the during I can't the demo. Specifically if they did.
1: Yeah, yo, yeah, yo, You're gonna love this. First game to aim down sights GoldenEye eye 007 on the n64
0: wow really that's
1: what it says
2: i feel like that wasn't an aim down sights game that was just no. shoot yeah because when you held the r button it kind of like zoomed the screen in a little bit but it, it let didn't. you free aim
3: the reticle but it didn't aim right. down sights it right. locked you and then you aimed your pointer essentially that, yeah, that that is how I remember it, at least. Because only had one sure. joystick, which was either move or again holding that button. It's it's you know precise aim. Yeah, I guess they're calling yeah. maybe they're calling that mechanic aiming down sights since
1: you have more precision control over the aim in that moment. I want to see this is like this is
2: on Giant Bomb's website. Mm. Okay. Um, also, uh, did you guys see the the screenshots that came out right after this presentation? Uh, that people were kind of like railing on. There was a whole bunch of screenshots that came out of this of Halo that looked that made the game look very unflattering. The, the yes, I did see some of the quality discussion about this, yeah, yeah. And people were discussing like, like, like Xbox is touting their console as the most powerful console coming out, but then you see their flagship game look like this. I, I personally don't have a problem with it, I'm sure it'll look different when it comes out, but. I just thought it was fascinating that these screenshots came out and this yeah. is it was just it was just weird.
1: Yeah. yeah. What's up? I mean they say on the giant bomb website, GoldenEye 007 on the N sixty four was the earliest FPS to feature both reloading and some form of aim down sights inspired by light gun rail shooter virtua cop. Which I think was gotcha. in the arcade.
3: So it, it is the shoulder button aim. Yeah. That's what they mean. Because they said some uh, aiming down sights. In, they had that. Yeah, line. I mean, says, I
2: mean, when I say it, I mean the actual act of seeing the side of your gun on screen, then going down the yeah. down the like the the sights of the gun. Right. That's what I think of. Yeah, but I see where they're coming from. I do.
1: Yeah, there was but also.
2: Yeah, 2.0...
1: Oh, well, I was going to say there was a game called Viet Cong that was like the predecessor to Call of Duty. That, okay. That it says that it was the first games that took the step that if you aren't firing. Through your iron sights, you are firing from your hip, with a so much, that would be the first with a much reduced would, accuracy.
3: Yeah,
2: that sounds right. That's what we're talking about here. Yeah,
3: um, feel, uh, trip. What were you going to say? But yeah, just to just to hop back onto the the graphic discussion. I caught that discussion when I saw people comparing some of the same weapons side by side when like the cinematic trailer came out. I think either the next day or even later on in the same day. I forgot when they dropped that. That has better skins and textures. And then one of the leads of the game, uh, tweeted, I think, and replied to this saying something like, look, it's a pandemic. Like we're all working like as fast as we can. Like it's, it's an old build, you know, like we had to get it out for the video. Like just chill. Essentially was like the
2: TLDR of what he was saying. There were some shots of like enemy, enemy, uh, models as well. Like just being on screen. And they, they were also looked a little on the rough around the edges as well. Um, another another article came out i don't have it in front of me but they said that this game would have been revealed to the world way way sooner if they weren't taking into all the they weren't taking all the feedback in from the previous halo game because they were they've been trying to find ways to like appease all halo fans new and old um and i think this is their response to that and we would have seen this game a lot sooner if it wasn't for them working on a way to kind of like kind of kind of make sure that they had something for everybody i guess sure. that's the best way to put it um but yeah that's that's the halo reveal i thought it looks cool I'll, i can play it it's on cool. on pc so i'll probably check it out um now i think now before i talk about the next game i think the the biggest thing that that xbox needs to do is i think the, the thing that the goal that they should have in mind is is why do we want their box and i don't know if this whole presentation was was the thing to do it. Considering I'm a PC gamer, I guess that's probably why. I know Felix is is in is firmly in the camp of, "Hey, I'm going to get that Xbox, right?" Right, Felix, play the Xbox games.
1: Well, I'm. You're asking me if I'm getting the new Xbox.
2: Yeah, like um, Like I don't know. If, I don't know if I worded that question right. What, that was a bad question. What was question. the question? Did you ask there, me if I'm getting the new Xbox? It, the question was like. This uh I, Microsoft's goal is to sell you their Xbox, right? right. But it seems as though they're going more for like the ser oh man, I'm I'm diving into the like the philosophical question of like Xbox's strategy for the next generation, right? Well, Which is more along the lines of do you need their hardware or would you rather have their services on top of their hardware? Um their their whole goal is to sell you the hardware and plus their services, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's like the that's the thing. Well they already and sold me
1: on the game, on the game pass. Right we sold me on the game cool. pass. Right
2: and, right, and, I
1: don't know I should not have brought this question up right now well i'm I'm gonna buy the xbox one series the series X. that's what I'm getting
3: you
2: I for think, sure
1: but
3: kind of tangential to what you were saying, neo, I don't think anything in this would have swayed me either way to buy their console yeah. I mean, yeah. they were just showing off games that are that are coming out and it's they're cool, you know, but like this alone wouldn't have if I was on the fence of buying or not buying, this wouldn't have pushed me one way or the other it just just the facts. There's a bunch of facts about getting better. Do you there. think
1: <laughs> yeah. Halo being presented is is swaying a PlayStation player to like jump on board? No,
2: no not at all. No. I don't think so. I think I think it'll help Im- improve Microsoft's you know excitement rate right for for the next console sure. slash. It, but it, the thing is, I can, I can play this on computer as well. Like I can play this on a Windows computer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean this this might have pushed what they were trying to push over the edge where the the kids who are going to ask their parents for this console to replace their Xbox one console that they currently have. That's, 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 what they're, that's, point. that's what they're trying to push over the edge because those kids are going to go, they're not planning to build a PC. They're planning to replace their console and they're, they're basically just going to, you know, go to their parents and go, mom, get me this shit or, or they are the parent because they're my age. And they got a kid, and they're looking for a, a home entertainment system to replace their current one. And the, mm-hmm. you know, and dad likes Halo because dad was in his twenties when he played it first. You know,
2: there you go. That's a that's a great so way of looking at it.
1: Fucking buy it for his well, kids, but he doesn't have time to create a gaming PC and do all no, the crazy. No, Felix, shit. running
2: running off that. The next thing we got here is the State of Decay Three trailer. Okay, that what did that, it do that for you? That,
1: what did that feel like? That felt like a, a fucking semi truck just hit the car from the passenger side and I'm surviving, but I'm not understanding why I just got hit by a semi. Like, what the fuck? Like, Please elaborate. Well, okay. It's too fast because State of Decay 2 came out, what? Maybe two years ago? Like two ago? and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago what kind of cycle psych- what so did they rebuild a shit ton of assets is going to make it better than state of decay 2 or are they just going to reprint the same fucking game with just a new map like
2: <laughs> right like because it already feels like it's a great question because the, tra- the trailer looks good it's just a cinematic trailer it's pretty entertaining but and uh state of decay 2 was just like kind of more state of decay 1 right with multiplayer it which was. is what you wanted yeah it,
1: it, was- it wasn't
2: anything crazy different
1: it was so more state of decay one that they literally were able to release with state of decay Two a goddamn dlc called homeland or heartland heartland that's what it was called that essentially was you playing with your new party from state of decay two on the old State of gay one map <laughs> oh man and they added story elements into it you know some dialogue here and there i never played it but i know that it's it's not going to be it. You're going to have the new state of decay two mechanics that were cool. You know, some of the, the things they added, like the plague hearts and that kind of shit and some of the cool new weapons. And you're just playing on the state of decay one map, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean there's no asset change there. It's all pretty much the same assets. And now you can play multiplayer with it. So it's fun because you're playing, but now you're going to go to state of decay three and it's going to be all the same assets again, because it's only two and a half fucking years later and yeah that's that's a a big question our expectations are going to be way fucking zoomed higher dude like i'm i'm to the point now where my expectations of that studio is that you need to do better
2: like that's how i am right now i don't especially like the first like couple months of that game's release was right a little rocky it was so rough and then when i went
1: back mm -hmm. and i played the juggernaut edition released it was stable, and it was great, and we, we did a couple of weeks on it, but there still isn't enough substance there to keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. So maybe maybe they're trying to turn it into some kind of service game. I mean, yeah, they need to do a fucking like, major over, overhaul of the UI, it's got to not look like a UI from fucking 2007. That's, that's, <laughs> that's number one. They got to fucking change that shit, like if they expect to use it as a fucking flagship console seller. <laughs> you know I'm, what I mean? I'm like, like,
0: for and sure. it, that's
1: what they're doing. Like they think I know it's sorry. I know it's one of the two or four uh you know original AI uh original um IPs that they actually have, but like you can't use it to sell the fuck like, an Xbox Series One X with the jank, dude.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm, I'm right there. With that you. would be like that would be like uh, PlayStation or Xbox coming out. No, it would be. Let's just say it would be like Bethesda coming out with a new console and then trying to push the sales of the console by going, "Let's play Fallout 76, everyone. Let's check it out." You know, like Are you ready for that? <laughs> no, but I'm saying like like the game is not polished. State of Decay Two oh, is yeah. not a polished game, and you're acting like you know. Wait for the great new State of K Three release. I'm like. Come on,
2: buds <laughs> i w- I would most definitely need to see any sort of gameplay I before one hundred percent gotta
1: see gameplay and make and make sure that you didn't just copy and paste and like kind of tweak a fucking ui here and fucking add like a weapon here. <laughs> like, oh my God damn it hundred <laughs> percent I'm totally uh, skeptical skeptical of that decision uh,
2: thing, so. as as we all are yeah. as we all are um the next game we saw was Forza just going to skip over that because that's they, a beautiful they,
1: racing well what i was going to say there you know, there's your your that's your polish that's your polish that's your polish yeah. like yeah selling yeah, but point
2: but those know? games those games have been super popular and super polished since mm-hmm. the first port so like and it's
1: the, but the other thing is they're not like broad enough of a player base like there's a very specific fan base of people who like to play racing games and it's not it's yeah, not yeah. for everyone
2: you know but also I mean? Forza is always a showcase for the technology, the graphics, all that stuff. Yeah, they they showed it off with RTX, RTX visuals.
1: Right, exactly. And it looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that uh, somebody did point out that they they were upset, it wasn't the Forza uh, Horizons. That's what they were hopeful of. They wanted to see a new like Forza Horizons game. That's the one that was kind of open world, right? Yeah, that's the open world mm-hmm. driving one that people love. Um, because I think... People have their heart in that more than just the standard racing game. That's the impression. It depends on who you are. I I mean, it 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 depends depends on who you are. Imagine. Yeah, I know. Kyle. Um, Kyle um, plays. Kyle plays the fuck out of the Horizons game. He
2: loves the game. Yeah. Nice. Uh, The next game we saw was from Rare called Ever Wild. I am very Uh, excited for this game. So this game is very interesting because the trailer was very intriguing. Right, they showed very beautiful visuals, resurrecting animals and all kinds of stuff. But Rare said came out and said they really don't they've been developing this style and this world and this game, but they really don't have an idea of how it's going to play yet is one of, the, one of the things they said. They just wanted to show off their, their kind of like their, it's like almost like we were watching their pitch for a game. Right. Almost. Rare has come out and then they've said specifically. Yeah, they said Yeah, they said uh, Yeah, there was, you got to, might have to pull up an article but Rare was they essentially said, like what we're doing with this. That seems kind of I don't know they don't know what the game is going to be yet kind of like they don't they don't really have a firm idea of what it's going to be wow. but they have the world the characters the design down the the, the aesthetics yeah, I mean, of it clearly yeah it just it's
3: wild that you actually show a game off but then say i don't know what we're going to do with this but it's all kind of there until someone has an idea yeah it's let's an odd, it's an an fun, odd thing though. to do you know no, but I mean, like, the look of this game seemed very cool. I liked the... I mean, obviously, they're, they're telegraphing this, like, connection with nature. They had big, giant... Uh, like, a some kind of a big, giant thing that could wrap its tail around a tree to pull the, the tree down so they did have to, like, you know, use tools or, or make something else to chop the tree down. They were obviously, like you said, resurrecting animals. There's some connection with, like, this big, giant, like, deer spirit that raised this animal and things are obviously beautiful and gorgeous and uh slightly, like, they're not realistic graphics, but they're not entirely cartoony. They're like that that middle ground that like a Pixar movie would achieve kind yeah. of it's like a
2: self-shaded ish. Uh, yeah. it's not really self shaped, but it's like it's got that like like hand drawn kind of look. Almost. Right. Right, exactly. And it's definitely not Earth because the animals are all kind of just
3: very weird and slightly off. Um Is it C see- yeah. you know? Oh, we have nothing love that. It's like a a trailer, like a movie trailer or something. I
2: I got a quote here from Craig Duncan, the rare studio head. And he said, part of the reason we haven't talked about Everwild is because we're still feeling a lot of these things out. We're playing around with gameplay ideas. We still have plenty to say in the future of that, but we have an idea and we feel really passionate about and we think it's something special. I have a team of people that wake up every morning with the desire to make this game that they're really, really passionate about. So... Expect this game for oh, oh not yes.
1: this is the game where, where I was watching a video and somebody goes and then you fight this like giant dog looking creature with a Wilford Brimley mustache.
0: <laughs>
1: Remember the <laughs> guy that- the guy from uh what it was it Quaker Oats commercials back in the day? Um this dog looks exactly like him in oh, the shit. It's funny. You know, it's really funny.
2: Yeah, I see the image of him. Um, so the next, the next trailer we got was tell me why, which is made by the, from the people who do life is strange. Right. Yeah. That looks really tell cool. Me. Yeah. It's a really intru- it's a, it's a narrative story adventure about siblings. Um, one of them, one of them is trans and that does come into play into the story in some form. Um, uh, that's all I really know about it. It was a very dramatic trailer. It seemed like a lot of, a lot of stuff went down in it. Um, that's that's all I'll really know about it. it looks it looks really good. It looks like a kind of honestly, it looks like one of the best versions of those kind of games I've seen visually, people, storytelling people wise. Strange, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: At first,
3: I thought this was in that universe, but it's not. I don't think. I think it's its own entry. It's its own
2: franchise and story, separate from that. Hundred. It is. It is indeed. Um, the next two, I'm gonna just jump over real quick because uh, they're kind of small things. Uh, Ori: World of Wisp will have an enhanced edition, a frame rate. In bump for the xbox Mm -hmm. um outer worlds was uh dlc was announced cool more outer worlds we people love that game they love that style of game um and uh they also announced obsidian announced two more projects which one is out now called grounded which is honey i shrunk the kids meets like a survival game grounded
3: looks so good and so
2: fun yeah, I, and just, I want to download it, this because it, it is. It's, you can download this now. It's like early access, right? Yeah, I just downloaded yeah it. I yeah. think it's on Game Pass too, so I could probably grab this as well, um, which I might actually. It if cross- it's crossplay, is it crossplay? Don't know. I got, I'll have to look it up. See if ground, grounded
3: crossplay. Their, their trailer was actually one of the best too because they were like, if you're waiting for the biggest game of the year, it's going to be Cyberpunk 2077, but you can <laughs> also download our game for free. And like, it was just the best way That's to start it. And like, you know, like these kids shrunk down in their front yard, you know, fighting ants and building little houses and, and hideouts with like grass and, and like you know, acorns for shields. which so just like a really fucking cool concept. And a lot of people are playing it. I was watching some streams and it's it like seems really, really fun.
2: Uh to answer your question, it is cross play. I may be able to let you know,
1: I might be able to let you know next week, but uh you wanna play it, Neo? Yeah,
2: yeah, I'll have to install it. Uh, I'll have to pop open my, my ex my game pass uh, Already on, on the box for me. I already got all it in, in the box. Um, the next trailer, yes, this game looks really fun. Uh, I love the idea, the whole Honey I Shrunk the survival game aspect. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Uh, the next game we got was a cool teaser for another open world uh, RPG game that Obsidian is working on called Avowed. Uh, lots of, I don't want to say Skyrim vibes, but Obsidian's really good at making yeah, yeah. That kind of game, you know? You can say Skyrim vibes, yeah.
1: You can totally say it because um, they're. It, it looks like they're probably going to be restructuring some of the assets that they used with, that they originally got from um, Bethesda. Uh, Bethesda for Fallout New Vegas, mm. and then used them in Fallout New Vegas, and now and then, as I saw when I played the Outer Worlds, like reworked that well, that original art style in their own that capacity. That was like a completely
2: different engine. They, used, right. they, they used, used a different, different engine.
1: No, I, I'm not saying they used Bethesda's engine. I'm saying that the art style was similar to how Bethesda designs their, mm-hmm. their characters and their UI and how you interact with people. And <laughs> The game felt very much like playing Fallout New Vegas when I played it originally. You know? Oh, 100%. Uh, I mean, they, and, were, they were 100% going for and that. And they're probably going to do the same thing with this fucking Avowed game it's going to be like their own version of skyrim i love the fact yeah, that i mean they keep it looks better, great yeah they, i love the fact that they keep making better bethesda games <laughs> right, it yeah. right. <laughs> it's a great pattern to be on
3: and i think this would be a great thing to tide me over personally until you know elder scrolls six whenever the never we're going to get that comes out so
0: yeah it That's also great. takes place
3: in the pillars of eternity world which is interesting. Oh. Same universe, same actual world as that. But uh, Pillars of Eternity isn't really my style of game, so it'd be cool to kind of experience what they got going on in there in a format that I enjoy, like the RPG.
1: Yeah, I haven't had a chance to yeah. play very far into Pillars of Eternity, but I'm attempting it. I like it. I just, you know, so far, I haven't
2: followed that's it. Like a That's like a top-down like uh, turn RPG, right? Mm-hmm. One, yeah. one, of those, one, one, one of those ones. ones. They call them... Like, uh, um,
1: what are they called? Are they called dungeon crawlers?
2: Kind of. No, it's, like it's not like Diablo, where it's like an action RPG. It's no. a lot slower.
1: No, you, yeah. you, you like basically use... Like, well, I'm playing on controller. I imagine it's much better on a PC. But if you were using a mouse on a PC, you just point here and your character runs there. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that that of kind of deal. Yeah. Isomorphic is the perspective I, you're isomor- looking like. uh, Isometric. Yep. Isn't it isometric? Not morphic. Isometric. Hmm.
2: He's looking it up. All right, I'm going to skip a few things, if that's okay. For the sake of time. It is, it's, a uh, it's a morphic, some dumb math thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the next thing they announced was As Dusk Falls, another narrative game. They showed off Senua Saga Hellblade 2 will be set in Iceland. They did some really cool scenic shots. Not a whole lot of gameplay stuff there. They just showed mm-hmm. off, this is where it's going to be. Um, we got after that a new Psychonauts trailer that featured Jack Black. Um, I just want to point out, everybody, I made a super baller tweet about this. Blew up. Tim of Legend, which is uh, the, the guy who who makes the game, uh, head of the studio, totally liked that tweet. So I just want to put that out there. that he, uh He was all about <laughs> But yeah, Jack Black was featured in that trailer. Thank you. Thank you, Trip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, uh Yeah, of Knots 2. People are really excited about that game. Um, it's one of those really fun uh, classic games that people are real excited about. Um, after that, they showed off a little Destiny 2 Beyond Light expansion. Mm. Uh, no words necessary. I know, I know we're all excited about that. Well,
3: I think know. the most interesting thing about this is they showed off new powers, which never were seen before. So no one was expecting that. Real detailed uh, abilities and some of the new darkness powers that are coming. But also, the biggest reveal is the fact that this is coming to Game Pass. Oh, Beyond- shit, that's right. Beyond Light is coming to Game Pass.
2: That's, oh my god, I almost forgot about that. Because like, that is their newest expansion They their huge kick in the expansion. balls. Stadia, yeah. Holy yeah. shit!
3: Yeah, that's big. You're not getting like last year's content on Game Pass, and then you have to buy the new thing. You're getting everything, which is such a gigantic win for Bungie and for moving uh, Game Pass forward. So that's that's like a that's a good business play on Xbox's side for this. I I don't know how Stadia doesn't have this. Stadia's it's gonna fucking die dude it's gonna, it's just gonna, gonna die go away because google doesn't give a shit it was they had some other project they were doing that stadia was the vehicle for and they got their data they're out they're done
2: it's awful man they need games,
1: you're implying that google created stadia just so they could fucking data mine 1000 percent. something <laughs> yeah they have, to, and they,
2: <laughs> they have this server power <laughs> right because they're google yeah they did they of, like, data like, mine us power
3: like your lifestyle or like the way you would interact with like, you know, these, these remote games, just something about it. They were like, we can do this and get a lot of good information. Then make something later or make a service for this. Right. But like, they've done this a ton of times,
1: dude, oh just like God. what products die off. So yeah, they're fucking, so um, fucking dude, they're so fucking greasy. They're just mm-hmm. fucking slimy, greasy fuckers.
2: <laughs> yeah. They, they did nothing to really sell me on the Stadia experience because no. game pass, is is going to eventually be, I guess, a, a bundle with with their XCloud service, right? Like, because, and then you have the whole entire Xbox library to play on, right. right? Like, that's Xbox has the services; they have the games to back it up too. Like, so it's so I'm getting, I
1: don't, I'm, I don't know, I'm getting beyond light for free. I don't. This will be the first Destiny DLC yeah, I, you know. I wouldn't have to buy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Correct. You can just install it.
2: Nope. Uh, the next. <laughs> The next thing we saw was Starker 2 was revealed, which was a big surprise because it has it has only it has been years since oh, we've it's seen this game. Console? Holy shit. Yeah, that was a PC game too. Wow. Um very cool. Uh we saw a uh Warhammer 40k Darktide trailer. Very exciting for you, Warhammer fans. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh Tetris Effect Connected, which is the first time this game will be on uh an Xbox platform. Uh it looks like multiplayer in, in, you know, with the Tetris experience. Very oh, cool. There's, there's a lot of like
1: people that get down
2: of it. with it. W- yeah, that game, is, that game is huge. There's a lot of people that get down with Tetris. Like, oh, like yeah. yeah. Big game. Um, the next game we saw was The Gunk, which was a really fun trailer. Uh, lots of physics-based goo happening in this. Third-person platforming. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty cool-looking. Pretty cool-looking from the creators of Steam World. I thought it looked pretty sweet. I like that I like platformers with a little little physics-based gameplay involved, you know yeah I played you're,
3: you're Steam too. World Dig series. those are really fun. those are really fun. Steam World Dig, where you're like, yeah, they party, are like you essentially have a big giant map and multiple maps because you progress to other ones, but you just dig down under this like old-timey western city, but everyone's like a robot on this planet, right? but you just like you create your own pathways through this environment. It's like by dig-, dig like dig dug yeah except permanent so like if you remember you so you find a new area you go back up to like sell your shit or upgrade or do something and then you come back through the same paths and, and channels that you made
2: to explore some more so it's like it's, it's yeah, a cool way to to play you essentially draw your own map the way you're the, yeah. as you go down it's cool i played
3: cool. it on the uh, on the 3ds but i scooped it again when i was on sale for the switch because everything should be on the switch it's amazing
2: 100 percent. that's where i played the, <laughs> that's where i played the
3: games on the
1: switch yeah everything um, should be on the switch it's amazing
2: it's, yeah. It is. It is. Everything should be on Switch. Uh, the next game we saw is The Medium. Now, this game kind of was this the game that freaked me out? Oh, God. It makes me put my agent so I can see this. Uh, this was the game with, okay, you're a medium. Okay, it's you're between two realities. I thought this was a Silent Hill revival at first. Mm. When I saw this, got lots of creepy town vibes, parallel this, dimensions. This yeah. kind of game excites the shit
3: out of me. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. It's like, like I get the vibe of like a, like a, like an HBO series TV show you're playing. Um, I love puzzles and games. Uh, obviously like, you know, there might be some, some spookiness to it, which I don't love, but like it, you know, could be slightly fun and stressful and like a stressy kind of way. So, I don't know. Just like a oh, 100%. Bunch of intriguing story. You know, and like the two reality aspect makes it seem a uh, very, very exciting, like, v- like definitely Silent Hills vibes, but not as aggressively like demented that Silent Hill was because I don't think I can ever play Silent Hill. It would like fuck me up <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the same. But like this, I'm like, I could probably get down with this.
2: Yeah. And like they talk about the two realities, they're being rendered simultaneously. So you jump yeah. like I can almost see puzzles being solved with. The act of jumping between two different realities. Right? Do you think
1: you're going to have a button that Easier, moves you yeah. between
2: realities? Yeah, possibly. Um, but that's why I thought it was Silent Hill at first, because Silent Hill has a lot of that aspect of there being this like like fucked up version of the town versus like whatever the whatever like the current modern version of the town. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of that that goes that's, on in Silent Hill. That
1: looks really neat. Yeah, hundred I missed. I
2: didn't see that at all the excited uh, cool yeah it looks really uh the next thing we saw was fantasy star online two announcement for an expansion I played uh, like I talked about this game on the podcast uh, like a week or two ago uh it's a cool ass game if you want a cool live service Japanese style RPG to play with your friends it's it's cool as hell uh cool we saw more of that uh crossfire X is so now okay crossfire x is coming and Apparently, Remedy is making the single-player game, the single-player campaign for this, and they did Control, they did Max Payne, original, they did, uh, you know, they, that's that's their that's their their jam. Um, it looks really cool. Like I like the whole tactical, you know, aspect of it. It looks kind of Metal Gearish in some ways, um, a little bit, a little bit. A little. but it's a single-player game. There is a multiplayer aspect to it, which I'm not familiar with at all. Unfortunately. It'd be hilarious if this was just like a cutscene for like the
3: concept of the game, and all you're really doing is playing Crossfire, the board game.
0: Crossfire, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah,
3: you know, that would, would be. Like, I do all this big fucking oh. cinematic shit, and all this is just like, like, like things happen when you shoot stuff in in the Crossfire board game.
2: Yeah. Everyone's uh, like, oh, but shit. yeah. No. <laughs> That is a dated <laughs>
1: reference, there, Chip Zero. You're showing your Very age, dated. dude. I never played the game because it was always
3: broken. But my my cousins had it, so I'd always find it in my aunt's house, and I would never know how to play it because it was like just stuck in the back of a closet. Yeah, and like it, it was missing everything. And I'm like, this seems kind of cool. Like there's two guns here, but I don't know how to play it.
1: There was a <laughs> lot of games in the like late '80s and early '90s that released with that like dynamic of like. Yeah. shooting something to bring something down. I had one that was like a... It's like cat- a more violent, hungry, hungry hippos. I, ha- I had a castle one that was like that, where you had these little castle walls that you could build and then take them down mm-hmm. against each other. It was pretty cool. Nice. Oh, nice. Um, and then the last thing we saw yeah. was the announcement for Fable. It's It's back. Pretty much the only thing that I was super excited about because I played... Uh, fable one and fable three i never played two but i played one and three the first game that i bought uh coming back to playing video games after i spent many years drinking um <laughs> was fable, was fable 3. Like you
3: been off on an adventure yeah
1: and you just came back and you never drank ever
3: again you were just on this like this excursion this drinking adventure and yeah. you're like i've come back and now i'm done and i've seen all that side of life yes I'm ready for the next adventure. And
1: that was it. Now my all my adventures are digital. And F- <laughs> Fable 3 was the start of it. Um, and then later on, I went back to it. Was it called Fable Anniversary, which was the the original game? That was, a, like, a,
2: it was like a remaster of it. It was a re-release
1: of the original Yeah, game is what <laughs> I played then after that. So when that came out. But I never played Fable 2.
2: Indeed, uh, that's pretty cool. I was ex- like, uh, we talked about predictions for this, and I, this was a game that I was expecting actually uh, to see. Like, hopefully, hopeful. I was hopeful, but uh, yeah, it was just a teaser announcement. But looks pretty cool. I I, I like to see what they do with this series, reviving it. Uh, Playground Games is making it. They do the H- Forza Horizon games, by the way. That is oh, that is look really
3: way. good. Probably, yeah.
2: Cool. And that is everything we got from Xbox. Now, does this move the needle for any of y'all? Move- I mean.
3: Uh, uh, like I'm probably going to be like just because of you know what we do right Mm -hmm. but would this have like completely pushed me over the edge to buy a console for any of these things specifically no No. because I think anything that I really want to play here is going to be on PC maybe except for that um that medium game, yeah. That medium, medium game going me. to be on PC, but I don't know if it is. Like if it is, then I'm also set on not buying this console. You know,
1: yeah, because that that wasn't announced as if it was an exclusive, right? Medium. Um, the word exclusive around it. No. no. Wait, hang on.
2: I'm, I'm just gonna look yeah,
0: up it. Maybe. maybe.
2: Game show showcase games PC. At the beginning of the trailer,
3: they they do the Xbox logo that sends through, but they don't say exclusive. Sometimes those logos will say exclusive on it. It just went Xbox. So I don't know, dude. Yeah, I don't know. But pretty much, like no, is the answer. I
2: think. Yeah, I think think I'm with you there too. So Sony gives me more of a reason because I think it's also because that they don't offer their games on another platform. Right. Sony always. Sony has me leaning in their camp, and they have the IPs that I I love them that, that much. Like Spider Man, Miles Morales is coming. Like yeah. I know I'm gonna want to play that. I'm a Spider Man fan. Like that's happening. Sony, Sony doesn't share a lot of things for good or for bad, um,
0: mm-hmm.
3: but it's definitely helped them carve out a uh, a space and like exclusivity. You know, so like say what you want about it, but it was a couple choices over the years have been pretty smart for them in terms of yeah. blocking shit. Onto their console and locking people into their experience.
2: Hundred percent, hundred percent. Are you guys ready for the next news? Oh yeah, yeah. Let's hit it. How, how, how are we doing on time? We should
3: probably just do the other one. You know, like the Nintendo one, I think, and then
2: Wrap it call it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So there has been a massive leak of Nintendo data uh, over the weekend. And this revealed the source code for Super Mario Kart, Link to the Past, Yoshi's Island, and Ninten- and uh, Mario 64, uh, and a bunch of other games. Mm-hmm. And all this... What, time was in there too? To- uh, what was it? Ocarina of Time. Zelda? Oh, Ocarina of Time, yeah. Um, and there was a lot of like unreleased code that we never saw from what we played in these games. Right. Uh, that all just like kind of spilled out. And... We saw things like Luigi had a model in Mario sixty four, like, and they were thinking about using him as a playable character. Um,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: I'm, trying, I'm trying, trying to look at some that's, that's one there, of the yeah. most like
3: um, rumored things to exist. Like Luigi in Mario sixty four is one of those game legends that people like have always been trying to find. They've been pouring over the game code for years and years and years. Um, now this doesn't mean that he is in the game. Like he's not in a shipping cartridge of the game, but. This data leak reveals that there are assets that exist of him. He was being developed. He's got character models and polygon maps. It It is a legitimate thing that he could have been in the game. So, like, what people have done is now take that information and mod it into existing copies of Mario 64. So you can now play Luigi in Mario 64 using, like, a PC emulator or a, or some other kind of technology. Mm -hmm. that's been one of the longest running kind of rumors around there you know I saw I mean one of the really cool interesting things was a developer for Star Fox 2 uh, there was a tool like a debug tool that he wrote in C++ just for the purpose of the game of Star Fox 2 but also to teach himself C++ so he just he built this tool for one purpose it was a personal project and to work on the game and he's like I have not seen this for 30 years I made this, and I haven't seen it for 30 years. Where the hell did this come from? Hmm. Like, yeah. a Deep, deep, deep leak from Nintendo. Yeah, Nintendo stuff. is
2: probably not happy about that, too. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. Looking at some other, other, other things here, they have uh, different uh, unused graphic assets of Luigi uh, mm-hmm. from Super Mario World, and then apparently there's one of him giving the middle finger, which yep. is pretty fascinating.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Grandpa Yoshi is a thing. Uh a Yoshi with like eyebrows and like a big beard. Yep. Uh, we got an early model of Yoshi where he like doesn't have a nose. He looks like really, really weird. Um there is a um like all the Star Fox stuff is super cool.
3: There is pure uncompressed audio of all their super iconic dialogue lines from the N sixty four version oh, sh- of Star shit. Fox.
2: Sounds you know really crisp, you,
3: but yeah. I went on YouTube and like just listened to all of those just super iconic lines, like, uh, like, like, oh, whoa, help me! And like, uh, do a barrel like, roll, do a barrel roll is the one everyone's like freaking out about because you can hear without like, you know, the little like, like the garbling and then like just the compression that you'd have to put audio through to put it on a 964 cartridge in the first place would just shred the sound in general, right? Like everything sounded so tinny and fake. So hearing this with like 2020 audio quality is, is kind of a really trippy experience. That's insane. Um, Also one of the character models for star Fox Two, like one of the, um, the portraits when people were talking is like clearly a black female character, like the face design, the hair design, like this was a 1995 game that someone was trying to like, obviously like be inclusive and progressive with, but you know, game companies and, and white male gamers. You know,
2: For sure, yeah. You know, Um, you know that. This leak is just is absolutely insane. Yeah, they're showing off things like um, scrap Zelda, a Zelda Two remake, um, and the character models for that. That's pretty fascinating. Um, Mm -hmm. They have high res art for uh, Ocarina of Time, which is like really detailed models and like the tunic and the boots and enemies. Mm -hmm. Um, That's that is wild. Um, a scrapped generation four Pokemon legend legendary Pokemon there's so much there, there's so much that they like just just the, this must' this just been sitting on a server somewhere just like
3: collecting dust, and probably if, if Nintendo had their way, it would stay there like they don 't want this stuff out there. I mean this is part of their like design philosophy, you know, and there are people that I've seen on Twitter uh that are developers and designers that uh, not necessarily are tied to Nintendo, but they're like if I were them. Like, I understand how they feel not being happy about this. You know, like, it's not that we want to keep things from people. It's just that there's a reason it didn't make the final cut. And, and all of this says way more about our design process than they're probably comfortable with, with saying.
0: Right. So that's the flip yeah. side
3: of it. You know, like you're just, you're, you're yeah. literally showing someone's private and personal workflow. One of
2: these tweets just yeah. these- for us to be like, whoa, dude, like this was going to be in the game. Oh no, you're 100 percent right. One of these tweets actually says the real reason Star Fox Two got canceled originally was because there's there was a lot of drama in the development, and it's all in the it's all like apparently like documented in like the in the programming notes for mm-hmm. this, and they're all everyone's like snidely like adding different, you know. Oh my god, oh my can, god there's can, like some really weird notes in here. Can I just say something?
1: Oh, always, this is your show. So this is like this is a more like a bigger more um uh like a broader version of just you know an exploit in a game that somebody found Mm -hmm. and we go back to the the moral principle or the moral question of when somebody finds something that is just flawed in a developer's code and they take advantage of it is are they is that like fucked up or not you know what i mean like because you're saying, Trip, this isn't going to affect Nintendo's brand or affect their people's perception of them or or whatever. Uh, generally, when I play games, you know, like I I have purported on the show on numerous occasions that I feel that like the concept of the emergent gamer is like somebody who breaks a game or pushes the envelope or boundaries of a game. I do that usually within the boundaries that are set. You know what I mean? Like, I try to break against the wall of the set boundaries, but I respect the set boundaries.
0: You mm-hmm. know, I, I see don't, what you're saying. I
1: don't actually appreciate players who find weird exploits. Like, I'm particularly re- referencing Fallout again. But, like, the people who see these weird exploits, like the exploit that they had with vending machines, where they just started duplicating shit all the time, and they keep yeah. doing that, I just think that's bogus, dude. Like... And I think, you and know,
2: these this... players are taking advantage of the right. mistake. And of I the, think of I, the in game.
1: reference to the specific thing we're talking about, I think this is kind of fucking bogus, too. Like, yeah. you know, like, well,
2: the article here points out, like, imagine if you're like a creator or a writer and all of your drafts and janky work and things that you never expected to be seen all of a sudden got public. That's which that's is exactly
0: that's earlier. Yeah, right
3: yeah right it's the They're mm-hmm. revealing the process and you may not want people to know what the process is because that's part of the magic
1: but like what i'm saying is this is a real life exploit like like a game exploit that gets somebody to a secret room or something that was there for right. the development of the game. yeah i mean they someone like left
3: the server open i don't know how the the actual pathway of how this got released but yeah someone didn't have their ship protected enough yeah People found it, but the people are always trying to find shit like this you know this is a gold mine, and this is big news for a reason right you know- mm-hmm. it's, like, all this is gigantic news like from a video game history perspective. none of this is like new like it's not like forward progressive information, but it's like history
2: it is so it's a, I mean it's, it, it is
3: wild to see for sure
2: on on one hand, yeah, it is wild to see all these these things that we never made it to market you know it is it is fascinating we could also but, yeah, look
1: at it part. as like maybe uh somebody finding like the building plans of like you know a really cool building you know like let's say like the empire state building or something like that and they find the building plans at like a flea market yeah you know? like, an, like an original draft like original a draft oh, like yeah um yeah or or like a, a a draft of a battle plan for like the revolutionary war that you sure. and
3: like that shit's all all super cool and this shit is all super cool from my perspective too you know yeah. just nintendo takes issue with it because like they're still actively making this stuff
1: right, you know right 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 i don't know
3: i remember right. these uh these zelda renders are, are so cool to see these ocarina of time high-res renders yeah. because this this animation and all these designs we're in the the strategy guide that I had as a kid. Oh, I remember really? being obsessed with these pictures because obviously they're way more detailed than than what you get in the game. Right. Mm-hmm. And oh, like yeah, they look like really the gold skulltello actually looks like a spider. Where in the game I'm like, why is there like a skull with legs? But like you can see in the render, like no, it's a spider, and the gold token is on its back. Like it just it should make sense because it's more detailed. And the hover boots. Yeah. This fun shit. Oh. There's so much. There's so much that's leak, yeah. and, so, and stuff is going to keep coming out. That's being highlighted as people kind of pour through
2: it and yeah, find stuff in all these games. This apparently leaks like years ago, and whoever has this leak has been slowly doling out what this what this is. Apparently, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, wild, wild stuff. If you click on that thread, that Twitter thread, it's, there's a lot more. There's like like the Deku Shield and the 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 magic beans, or like little marbles and the long shot had a coil of chains inside of it like it's insane it's it's crazy i would love a remake of that game like they should remake let's face it they should remake a lot of these old nintendo games but you know it's nintendo they'll they'll do what they want ocarina of time did get a 3ds remake that was very good i played it it was very good it was very very good good. graphically and very good control
3: wise it was that was a fun game a shame that it's trapped on the 3ds though
2: I know. Put, put it on, it on Switch. the Switch, Nintendo. Damn it. Put everything on the Switch. Anyway. Uh, with that, let's wrap it up, boys. It's time. Yeah, I'm good. It yeah. was a good toss,
0: uh,
2: 100%. Uh, I've been Neo Aoshi. You can follow me at Twitter at Neo underscore Aoshi uh, and twitch.tv slash Neo for when I go live. I'll be playing the rest of Ghost of Tsushima at some point. Some Valorant. That's what I've been, that's what I've been jamming on lately. Uh, take it away, Trip. Uh, you guys,
3: um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, I am Trip Zero. You guys can find me uh, everywhere. Trip Zero TV is my handle on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Trip Zero TV. I go live Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. And uh, we'll be playing Breath of the Wild for the next forever as I 100% that game. So come on by. It's a super
1: fun time. And you catch me at Felix Hergood at Twitch. And I haven't been live in a month. Last time I went live was on my birthday, we you. June nineteenth. If I come back to streaming, which probably will be soon, I'm probably going to come back playing Fallout seventy six, Elder Scrolls Online, or Red Dead Online. Maybe a story game like Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, the last game I played was uh, the first. I hadn't even reached the Abbey shit in Last of Us two when when I did my stream. I thought the game was almost over. And then off stream, I played the Abbey shit and went Mm -hmm. the fuck. This is what, this is the moment I should have captured on my stream. When I reacted to this, you know, when you get, when you get the last of us part three, Yeah, I I did start a grounded playthrough of last of us one and got until the, the college, you know, the university part and it got so hard. I just don't know what to do because it's just so hard. I bet, dude. I don't know what to do, but uh, I may so You can play. Pick, uh, pick Locke's brain for tips for the grounded run. Yeah, I, I think I know how to do it. I just got to get good, like Locke said. <laughs> <laughs> just get not, good. I'm just not good. He's just like, GG, man. Get get yep. good. Play better.
0: <laughs> I
1: can play. Best uh, way to handle any honestly. Yeah. All right. All right. Have a good night. See you next time. Later.
3: did you see what kevin Oates put in the chat no what did he say he streams every day on mixer
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i'm there every day on mixer every day you. you've just been missing it <laughs> he's, their,
3: he's their biggest streamer on the platform <laughs>